BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This one's for the birds, this one's for the city This one for the fans that bleed green with me Push down to 95, to the right is the link With a team pulling up, knowing that they're getting beat Exit Broad Street, right on Patterson Xfinity Live, CPP, what's happening? Dub F Lot, stop by F1 Fly, Eagles fly, you hear the song getting sung? What team in the league is number one? Bird gang, bird gang, yeah, I said it twice. You heard me say it once, now you sure you heard it right. No lies being told, yeah, it's all facts. It ain't me, Green and Kelly, we don't rock with that. Any given Sunday, we don't ever slack. Yeah, we got an SP, time to run it back. And even on the road, yeah, we taking over. All you see is see a green like you at the Nova. Can't let your bunch of squad, bro, it's only us. A cheesesteak tailgate, yeah, we good, bruh. Beer pong, baptism, you already know. Con shot, tomato here we go boys and girls welcome to fourth and john episode 118 live from nbc sports philadelphia studios in the heart of the wells fargo center well the eagle season once again comes to an end once again of a score by of 17 to 9 once again to the Seattle Seahawks it was a disappointing game it was a disappointing way to see Carson Wentz leave in the first quarter it was a disappointing end to a disappointing season especially when you go back and you think of all the expectations that we had going into this season all I can do is sit here disappointed that it's finally over And listen, I look back at this season and I worry that this journey that we've been on together, you, me, everyone watching at home, everyone listening on iTunes right now, I'm worried that this is just one of those lost and forgotten seasons. You know what I mean? This journey, we go through a journey as a family, every single season, as a fan base, and now it just kind of feels so unfulfilling. And lost, especially when you think about all the potential of what could have been. It's a lost season. It'll just be lost in the history books of Philadelphia Eagles history. And I'll prove it to you. Gail, tell me what happened during the 2002 season. How did that season end? Can't tell you. Tampa Bay. Last game at the vet. The game that we should have went to the Super Bowl. The game that closed out the vet. The game that we should have won. What happened at the end of the 2004 season? Anybody, anybody. Lost what the happened? Super Bowl. Lost, Super. Lost the Super Bowl. What happened at the end of the 2008 season? Lost to the Cardinals in the oh, NFC Championship mm-hmm. game. 
What was the 2011 season? Dream Team. We Dream all remember team. that. Disappointed, but we remember the season. What happened in the 2013 season? First year with Chip Kelly, kind of taking the league by storm. What happened at the end of the 2017 season? You don't have to answer that. We already know. What happened at the end of the 2009 season? Does anybody know in here? Does anybody remember? 2009. No. Because it was one of those lost seasons. It wasn't a great season. It was a disappointing season that ultimately is just lost in the pages of Eagles history. For those of you who, who guessed correctly at home, last game of Donovan McNabb's career, lost to the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. Of course we don't want to remember it. It was a disappointing season. What happened at the end of the 2010 season? Anybody remember? Anybody remember the 2010 season? We're getting near the Jeff Garcia era. Well, it was the year that we lost to the Green Bay Packers in the wild card when Michael Vick threw it to Riley Cooper. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what this season is going to end up being. The Carson Wentz got hurt by Davion Clowney in the first quarter and what could have been season. Now, as I sit here disappointed and as I sit here worried that the journey that we just all been on is going to be lost to time, lost in the pages of Philadelphia Eagles history, I can't help but feel proud of the guys. I know that's going from one extreme to the other, but I'm proud of the guys. They fought back. They battled back. They got basically as far as they were going to go given the circumstances. They didn't give up. They won a division in a division where you have the Dallas Cowboys who are perfectly healthy and have no excuse for not winning the division besides crappy coaching. We'll get into that one. They battled back. They won the last four games of the season against divisional opponents. They believed in Doug Peterson. They believed in Carson Wentz. And ultimately, when we got to the playoffs, people were asking me, E, you hyped up? E, what do you think is going to happen? E, you excited? And I was just like, look, I'm just happy to be here. The beating the Dallas Cowboys and ultimately winning the division, for me, given the expectations midseason, which are different from the beginning of the season, but they're allowed to change, that was enough for me. I was just happy to be here. And realistically, even if they beat the Seattle Seahawks, they're going to San Francisco or Green Bay. You know, and how this was not a Super Bowl team. So while I am sitting here disappointed, I'm not angry, I'm not heartbroken, I just feel so unfulfilled. I'm glad they fought back. I'm also glad at this point in the season, the Eagles know everything that's wrong with the team. Going through a season like this exposes all the flaws, as Gail, as you like to put it, all the holes in the boats, so you can no longer ignore or try to patch plugs in. They're going to go into this offseason with a lot of work ahead of them. There's some expiring contracts, some aging players who they might have to part ways with. We'll get into that as well. Who stays, who goes. They've got a lot of work ahead of them, but at least they know at this point there's work to be done. It's not for nothing. The Dallas Cowboys are getting some work done already. Mm -hmm. Not for nothing. The Washington Redskins are getting some work done already. And the New York Giants... They're just going to continue to giant. What can I say about that? Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter. I know you're disappointed along with me, man. I know you're feeling it along with me, but how are you this evening? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with realities. Uh, a lot of, during that game, you're like, what if? What if Carson Wentz did not get Ned Starked? Uh, he didn't make it even out of the first episode there. Uh, <laughs> the, the shock and awe in people's faces in, in, the, in the crowd. I, I wanted to look around for some kind of inspiration, but I could see the soul... <laughs> leave a lot of the fans and left in a, in a, a, a desperation mode. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, like, like life, uh, it, it, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs. It's a, it's a roller coaster. You saw this team uh, rebound. Uh, they fought. They had, the, you know, they were resilient. Uh, when their back was against the wall, they came out and f they fought. And at the end of the day, you got to be proud of the players that stepped up uh, the younger players have stepped up. Carson Wentz, a guy who's been struggling, struggling with uh, this fan base and backing him. You know, it's been kind of kind of split lately. Uh, but he showed you what kind of player he was. We were all excited for him to get that first opportunity. It didn't work out the way we thought it was going to work out. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, you, you, you talked about, um, you know, it w is this like a lost season? But I, I think for this particular football team and 
the players in that locker room, the common de- denominator when you know asked about how they're, how they're feeling after this game, I felt like they they that that drive in the last four four games, the way the team came together. Those guys won't forget that. They won't forget the guys that didn't give up. They don't. They won't forget the guys that just were on the team for like three weeks that came in and gave you something. They won't forget the way that the coaching staff came together and gave us some kind of plan moving forward with all the injured guys, man. At the end of the day, uh, the injuries caught us, caught up to us, uh, and we we could sit here and this team was really banged up, um, and a forty-year-old quarterback who was working at ESPN prior. Uh, we, we had guys in the AFL. Uh, we had guys that were practice squad players giving it their all. And, uh, you know, for Eagle fans out there, you want to you see your team excel. Um, but at the end of the day, we got to see heart from this football team. And in a lot of circumstances, that's really all you can ask for. My man Spencer, who's producing the show, sat with me at the game. Uh, chilled with us at the game, and he said to me at some point, I think it was maybe the second quarter, that if you were to tell me in the beginning of the season that we would be seeing Josh McCown hand the ball off to Boston Scott and make throws to Sheldon Gibson in the beginning of the season, I would have called you crazy. I would have asked you, what what, what playoffs? Did Philadelphia all of a sudden get an XFL team? Or or is the AAF still... It, it, not debunked. Like, what do you, what, do you, what could you possibly be talking about? But, yeah, you touched on it, the heart that they showed. If anything, the last four games and the last late-season push proved to me that, A, these players, this locker room, is still willing to play for Doug Peterson, still believes mm-hmm. in Doug Peterson's message, especially, listen, you give, that to, you give that roster to any other coach that's either now fired or even recently just hired in the NFC East, they're not pulling off what the Philadelphia Eagles would have been able to pull off with that roster, with that amount of injuries stacked up with the odds against them. So it showed me that the team still believes in Doug Peterson, plays for Doug Peterson, and believes in Doug Peterson's message. And then we've heard in in different seasons, like, yo, just play the young guys. See what they got. Sometimes it's because a starter is struggling. This because it's out of necessity and injuries. But we've got to see those young players and their ability to step up or not step up. We got to see who really wants to be here and who doesn't. We got to see who really is a locker room leader and who really isn't. And that is giving the Eagles front office the tools to make the decisions to get back to where they're supposed to be in 2020. Evan Hollywood Hearn, how you doing this evening, bud? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm coming. I, I came into these playoffs, and I really didn't know what to expect from this team, considering the roster that we had going into it, uh, everyone being banged up. And to be honest, I, I was with probably the 99% of uh, the other Philadelphia fans that just had the like the life sucked out of me as soon as you see Carson go down. But um, I really I agree with everything you guys said. I think it's something to be – this season is something to be proud of with these guys in that it all seemed lost uh, about a month and a half ago. It all seemed like everything was spiraling. Doug was losing the locker room. But uh, they were resilient. We bounced back with guys that we just seemingly found off the streets. Um, you know, Carson was able to stay healthy uh, the entire regular season. Um you know, I, I look at that hit, and I like I don't know who in who wouldn't get a concussion from yeah. from yeah. you know taking a yeah. double head pounding between the helmet and the ground like that. Like that's just something that's <laughs> going to happen to any human being. Um, it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, I I think that like you going back and looking at uh, previous years that the Eagles had this. Is this going to be a write off season? Like. I look at uh, the 2016 season, Doug's first season. You know, he was seven and nine, and um, after that season, uh, we really didn't know what to expect for the following season. We were thinking of another year of progression for Carson Wentz, and then ultimately we ended up going out and winning the Super Bowl. And then, you know, the following year, the following two years, we had Super Bowl expectations, and they have underperformed. So we're, we're back. Uh, to me, we're back in the um, I don't know what to expect of this Philadelphia Eagles team going forward. Um, I'm obviously eager to see what kind of roster moves we're going to end up making, who we end up keeping, who we end up drafting. Um, but, yeah, a lot of work needs to be done for us to, uh, to get back those expectations to go back to the bowl. Oh, absolutely. And, Gail, you referenced it during your open, talking about, you know, Carson Wentz sort of injury 
and you reference it during your open talking about I don't know what kind of quarterback wouldn't get injured in that thing and we're going to discuss the 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 clowny hit mm-hmm. we're we're we're, we're going to talk a little bit about it but before I do allow me to echo Dan Orlovsky's sentiments and double down on the some of y'all look stupid. Some of y'all just sound stupid, and some of y'all are doubling down on your stupid, claiming that Carson Wentz is injury-prone or can't stay healthy based upon that hit. That hit was dirty. Let's make no bones about it. And that hit, any other quarterback in the NFL is going to get concussed. Mm -hmm. That was a hit to the back of the helmet, the back of the head. That is the worst kind of hit you can get for a concussion. They don't allow punches to the back in the back of the head in boxing. They do not allow punches to the back of the head in MMA. A hockey helmet. You see these big old defensive Chris Pronger looking dudes, right? No face guard. Back of the head in case they slip on the ice and boom. That's the way you get concussed. That back of the head, that it, it doesn't matter whether it was Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Any NFL quarterback with Jadavion Clowney going down and slamming head, helmet first like a missile, mm-hmm. hitting you in the back of the head, you are going to get a concussion that has zero, zero, zero to do with being injury prone. Mm-hmm. Zero. It's a dirty hit. I, I it was a dirty hit. I don't think it's just the, the hit, the helmet-to-helmet contact. I think it's the quick succession of helmet to helmet contact and then immediately slamming your head into the ground that's just like jostling the brain back and forward you know what i mean and that and that yeah. stuff's that, for real man yeah. like i don't know if he, I, I, I don't like i'm looking at the play i'm not sure if he was like aiming for the head but i know he was aiming for the shot like yeah. he was taking yeah. he was yeah. taking that you know i'm i'm going to get a hit on the quarterback cuz right. you, you see one of his other players kind of step back and held up uh but these plays do happen i mean if you look back at Derek Barnett when he took out um the running back from uh, the Packers he took him out yeah. of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, these plays do happen. Uh, I think uh, the way that the media, <laughs> it, it's shame on you guys. I mean, like for clicks that you're, you're going to talk about a guy being injury prone because of his brain. I don't I, like the guy had a concussion. It's completely unrelated got, to his other injuries. He got hit. Like if you're walking down the street and someone roundhouse kicks you in the face and you get jumped. I'm I'm gonna blame you for you got jumped, dude. Like it's like yeah, you you hurt yourself. You're injury yeah, prone because you got punched in the back of the head and got knocked the f out. It's, it's that's your fault. It's a bad look on, on a lot of the media. I like like Danny Canell. I mean, come on, bro. Like you're better than that. Maybe you're not better than that. Um, <laughs> We'd like to think you're better than that. It, it, it it's just it. Now look, I realize that I don't want to say it was intentional. Right, I don't want to say it was an intent, like he was intentionally trying to take him out of the game. But if you don't think that these players, right, these players get are at the top of their peak physical ability, mm-hmm. and they're also at the top of their decision making, these guys hit other dudes on the daily, whether it's in training camp, whether it's in practice, or whether it's in a game. That's their livelihood, yep. anticipating the hit and making a hit. So when you see. Carson Wentz start to go down, and you see Clowney line him up. He knows where the trajectory is. He knows where Carson's going down. And I get it. That's a bang-bang play to a naked eye. That's a bang-bang play to a commentator. That's a bang-bang play to the coaching staff or any casual fan watching that broadcast. That is not a bang-bang play to a defensive lineman who sees the quarterback's running. He's about to get tackled. I'm about to put some sauce on this hit. Now, I don't want to say that he meant to take him out of the game, or but he meant to... He wanted them to feel it. He speared him. He speared him. Yeah. But I mean, he speared him. But if you're if I'm Jadavian Clowney, I'm taking the shot. Like I'm yeah. just being honest. Like and if like, I get I'm that. a I'm a player, like, like I'm looking at Malcolm Jenkins take out Brandon Cooks uh in in the Super Bowl two thousand seventeen. I'm like, yes. <laughs> As a fan, I'm like, yes, you take that shot when you have it. Um, you know, it's in the back of the head, that's a different story the way that came out, but ideally you want to get shots on their quarterback and if He's in harm's way, and you got the shot. Take it. That's what Trey Thomas said this morning on the Fanatic. Uh, oh, did he? he? He texts like five or six of his defensive friends, and he's like, "If you had the chance, would you have taken that shot like Clowney did?" And he said, four out of five of them said no doubt." I mean, and there's no doubt. I'm not. I'm not surprised yeah. at that answer at all. There's no doubt. To it doesn't mean it's not dirty. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Doesn't mean that it's, it's not dirty. dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And listen, I, I, I don't think Clowney's a bad guy. I don't think he meant to, to, to intentionally take him out of the game. Because look, I can, I can remember times like New York Giants fans saying that Brian Dawkins was a dirty player because that dude used to hit. Now granted, the rules were a little different. The rules were a little looser. You remember when John Runyon, remember John Runyon? Oh yeah. Right before the whistle <laughs> would blow or <laughs> as the whistle blow, he'd go diving into that pile yeah. head first. That was Big old John Runyon used to launch yeah, himself at that just to get an extra lick on somebody, just to let him know he was that. Didn't mean John was a dirty player. Didn't mean B Dog was a dirty player. Dude. Certainly wasn't trying to get, but it, but it, but it's you, you can see where I'm going. Made a Dawkins suplex, you know, a little bit, a little bit. You're you're trying to get that extra oomph in there, and I certainly don't want anybody mistaking this. Eagles fans, I know you won't mistake this, but if there's any other fan out there of any other team, I don't want you mistaking this as Eagles fans are sitting here crying like Saints fans about a flag or there needs to be a rule change. Because the flag is freaking inconsequential. Yeah. Who gives a damn whether they Carson's not coming back regardless. 15 yards isn't going to do us who gots. Yeah. And even if you ejected Clowney for some targeting, I, I don't even know if you could at that point, personal foul targeting nonsense, yeah. Yeah. it's not going to change the outcome of the game. The flag is inconsequential to me. It's that it happened. It happened to Carson, and it happened to our guy. And we're not even asking those. We're not pulling a Saints fan. We're like, yo, you got to make a new rule now. Like I'm sure Saints fans are going to try to make the have the NFL make a new rule because once again they came up short and we got to live and die by what Saints fans bitch and moan about. We're not sitting here doing that. We're just asking the league to kind of enforce the rules that they put into place. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, football. it's football. It's a violent sport. It happens. It just, you know, happened to our star quarterback while we're trying to make a playoff run. That's why it stings the most. That's why we're, all, we're still in shock and awe because, you know, we're still thinking what if, what if, could have, should have, would have. But we got to deal with the realities. And the realities, Carson Wentz got Ned Stark. It was a, it's a violent game. Yep. I'm not making excuses for clowning. It was a dirty hit. There's nothing you could do about it. There's no recourse to it. Like, what are you going to do? It's just an unfortunate situation. It's unfortunate that it happened to Carson. And anybody who's out there saying that this is further evidence that Carson Wentz is injury-proof is doubling down on their idiocy and trying to make a Nick Foles argument out of something that, that really should not be an argument at all. Mm-hmm. Like there, there, there's no recourse. We can, we can, we can get past the clowny hit. We can get past the clowny, clowny hit. There, there was other games during the wild card that happened. How about them Saints? Some good ones. How about them Saints? How about them Saints? Like now, did you, that, Gail? Let me ask you. Did you see the Minnesota Vikings pulling that upset in New Orleans? Uh, in theory, no. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I thought, I thought the Saints would take take that one. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was a weird juxtaposition and position to be in when you're standing in the upper level of Lincoln Financial Field. Everyone's on the concourse, and everybody's watching the monitor, figuring out if they want to root for the Saints, who we can't stand, or the Vikings, who we can't stand. Both of them have kicked our butts. And I'll be honest, man, when 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 this Vikings got that ball into the end zone. <laughs> the top part of Lincoln Financial Field, at least the one I was in, they erupted, man. They started believing again, like, hey, the stars might align and everything might happen. Also, it was nice to see um, au revoir Tom Brady. Uh, the Patriots lose. The end of an era. Yes. The end. Well, Is this the end of the era? That. I, I thought the Eagles, like, I put out tweets about the Eagles ending the Patriots dynasty. He, But he definitely lost some steam this year. We can agree I mean, on he that. He took two L's from former uh, Patriot coaches. Uh, Miami Dolphins head coaches from uh, Patriots. I, th I think that's my favorite part about the whole story is that he, Ryan Fitzpatrick, indirectly is the one who kept Tom Brady from advancing in the playoffs. You know, you're right about that. Had, had they win Tannehill. that Miami game, no, they got no, they oh, got yeah, the bye. The Miami oh yeah, they, they could have had the bye. It's that Fitz magic, man. It's the it's it's the Fitz magic. The way he ran that clock down. Oh, it, it was the best the best thing to see it actually happen to Bill Belichick. Yeah. That was the best. 
Well, his, now we his get... disciples knocking him out of the playoffs. Oh, that that, that Vrabel killing the clock move. That's I had, I had, yeah, exactly. how, yeah. That, that was Bill Belichick esque. Yeah. Oh, and, and Bill, Bill was fuming. That was that was yeah. the best part. Even though he's the guy <laughs> that did that earlier in the year. Bill all of a sudden was looking over his shoulder for cameras and being like, "What the hell, kind of? They're, they're, they're doing this. You're Bill Belichick and me. You don't Bill Belichick me. I Bill Belichick you." It was so satisfying to see. Yeah, well, they, we, they got the, a decent squad, Titans. Yeah, the Eagles got. You know, a lot of big decisions to make moving forward. Mm. And one of it is going to be like all the expiring contracts that we have. And we have quite a few of them to try because I asked you before the show to kind of take a look at the expiring contracts that the Eagles have. And, and us three up here, we're going to play a little, uh, not start them, sit them, but are they going to stay or are they going to go? So, Trox, take it away. Well, we all know Darby's gone. Uh, I don't think there's. He's yeah, Ron, 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 they're going to move on from Ronald that's Darby. Weird. I think that's um, that's a lock. I'll, we'll go right for the the bodyguard. What are we going to do with uh, Mr. Peters? Oh my God! Um, this guy says he wants to play another two years. I I don't, I don't see how. I know there's been discussions and topics of bringing him inside to guard, maybe replacing say Amalu. Then you put Dillard on the outside. I just think at this point he's 38. He's, he's like, washed, yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. He, like that. We should have traded Yoda. <laughs> we should have traded Yoda two years ago. Uh, we, he, and gotten whatever value we could have. He, he had a decent season. It wasn't. He wasn't. I mean, look, if you look at him play, death, taxes, taxes and, and Jason, Jason Peters' <laughs> false start. This is very. But true. he had a good. No, no, he had a decent season. He's still a guy that's going to get a job down the road. But I think uh, you, you know, think he still gets a job. Yeah, I do. Um, but I think I think Dillard. I think I don't want to prolong, um, you know, I want the progression of Dillard to happen soon. Um, yeah. you're, you're talking about a guy who's showed us some flashes. Um, if if uh, Peter said he was like, oh, I'm going to move inside, but I don't think he, that's not, he's not going to do that. Maybe we could hire Peters to protect your laptop from falling off the table. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the bodyguard over here. But hey, I think it's it's time. It's oh yeah, you're finally ready to admit it's time. Yeah, all that. No, I mean, still, I would have brought him back last year, but I'm saying this year and the next, uh, the following year. You're digging your heels in on that one, huh? Um, it's time. It's time. I, like, I want to spend that money elsewhere. Okay. You know That's what I mean? Okay, I get it. Who else? What, what, what are we gonna do with safety position? We got McLeod and Jenkins. Jenkins says he's not gonna come back and finish that contract. He wants a new deal. McLeod, I'm gonna say he's gone, but. It's what gonna, are you going to do with safety, man? It, it, it's going to be one of the more intriguing positions to watch as this Philadelphia Eagles offseason kind of unfolds here. I'm not sure who's available in free agency, but what I do know is that we've got zero depth at that safety position. And McLeod's going to be the cheaper of the two, so I wouldn't be surprised if they bring back McLeod. He's play, he played well. You get what you pay for, man. You, you, you do get what you pay for, but you also got to understand, like, okay, if you – let both of them walk. You are now two positions, same position that you have to fill. I'm saying instead of in free agency, it is going to cost you more to go out and get free agents than it is to a retain McLeod. Look at what the safeties were getting last off season. Look at what. Oh the my God, were, yeah, yeah, the that's the flashy that position right now. Now, now, granted, you know that was down in Washington. Oh, uh, yeah, they have yeah, a history yeah, of spending yeah. dumb money yeah. and. You know, Collins is one of the top safeties in the league. At this point, McLeod isn't. You know, he's a B tier safety. Uh, Jenkins, Jenkins, I wouldn't say he. I wouldn't like, say he's B tier. No, he's not B tier. He definitely had a decline. Age is catching up with him. But the couple arguments that I would make to keeping Malcolm Jenkins is this: number one, we thought Dawkins was long in the tooth, mm-hmm. and that Dawkins couldn't provide anything on the field. And that Dawkins was washed. And then we sent him to the, uh, Denver, and he still had a couple of very productive seasons over there. And we it took us up until signing Malcolm Jenkins to finally replace his ass. We were trying to replace him with Nate Allen. Who, uh, well, macho. Ma- macho. Macho. Oh, macho Harris. Harris. Kirk Coleman was Patrick the mainstay. At, uh, Patrick Nate, Nate Allen. Oh, Jesus. Like, all those players we tried to replace him with, eventually we found it in Malcolm Jenkins. I wouldn't want to make the same mistake again. Number two, going back to both of them, it's going to cost you less to kind of keep these guys than it is to find free agents. Mm -hmm. And how many safety... You got to draft at least one, but you don't want a rookie. Like, you got to address the wide receiver position. There's some other stuff you got to do. So if you're drafting a safety in the third round, you don't want that dude starting day one. 
Do you, what would you do, Gail? Um, you know, I'm, I'm keeping one of them. Um, ideally, I'm keeping Jenkins. I think mm-hmm. Jenkins has showed this locker room what type of player he is by the leadership role that he takes on weekly. Absolutely. Uh, he came in. Everyone knew he wanted a contract, but he showed up and showed out this season. Had a stellar season. He's not missing snaps. The guy has not shown that uh, he's injury prone at all. Um, and he showed up like when you know other safeties might not have showed up. Uh, he, he knows he has that leadership role to attend to, mm-hmm. and he did. Uh, I think it was weird that the first, uh, you know, right away he he just said he drew a line in the sand saying that. I'm not coming back. Like, he could have said, oh, I'll let my, my agent in, in the front office he, handle that. He probably felt it was getting a little long in the tooth, though, too, because I think he was expecting contract at some point yeah, during the ex- season. Especially when you're seeing other players get deals. Yeah. Uh, like a Jason Kelsey was talking about retiring, maybe. He got a, a new deal. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon Brooks got a new deal. Um, so you, you're looking at um, a guy that can solidify the back end. You, you remove both those guys, those two safeties protect – our, our weak cornerback play. You, mm. If you don't bring one of those guys back, I, I'm, I'm bringing Jenkins back. Um, I, but I've, I've been talking about this for two years, like in terms of following the money, where the money's going. You're, you, you know, you're not going to pay $10 million for both your safe. Like, that's why in this draft, I was wondering why in the, you know, the back end of the second, there were, were safeties there to be had uh, in, in, in the third round as well uh, that they could have picked up and they decided to go a different route. So. Yeah. Are you saying he's he's got one two year deals left in his career from here on out? Jenkins, yeah, like well, one you know, year deals. He, 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 he talked about playing yeah. ten years. You know, right. after ten years and his next, uh, he's on his eleventh year. It was a matter of, you know, how how his body felt and how he felt right. about the football team. He loves this. You could tell he loves his football team. Um, I think both sides are going to come to an agreement on something. Here's the grenade. What if we need a new coordinator? I don't think that's going to happen. You don't think it's going to happen? It's, it's just, you know. No, no. Browns I, are I, sniffing I, around. I, I, yeah, Br- yeah, Browns. Who really wants to go to the Browns, though? Even though um, mm-hmm. Jim Schwartz was kind of uh, once upon a time like a gopher for uh, Bill Belichick when he was over there. I, I, I just, I can't. A, why would you want the Browns job knowing the turnstile that is there? Could, like, it's a bad scene. Wh- why would you want to go in? What part of Jim Schwartz? Says Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. Like what part? What part of Jim Schwartz is gonna deal with? That? There's a, that's a lot of drama over there. And they look at the, the you know the GM situation. Every every year they're like almost firing the whole. They're always rebuilding, not just the team, In a but constant rebuilding mode. The yeah. back end, the front office is. Rebuilding. And not for nothing, if I'm like a Deuce Staley, I'm not even answering the phone. Up the phone. <laughs> I'm not. La- I'm not allowing Cleveland to ruin my head coaching career. I'm not willing, like, if I'm an up-and-coming newcomer coach, I'm not going to Cleveland. That's just going to ruin me and, and, and have a bad moniker, like a bad tag to my name for my entire coaching career. And not for nothing, if I'm one of those coaches that was hired, fired, and then became a coordinator like a Jim Schwartz, I'm not trying to resurrect my head coaching career. You know the mistakes you made the first time. Yeah, That's why some of the new new coaches... Like, the, everybody wants a Sean McVay. You know what I mean? Everybody wants one of those style coaches. But sometimes you got to look at, like, the guys that have been there, made the mistakes, and they're looking on their second go-around. Because those are the guys that may have failed the first time, but at least they know for, they've learned from their mistakes. Mm-hmm. I'm not bringing that knowledge to Cleveland. I'm not going to Cleveland with that. Why, man, why would you? Why would you? Why would you want to risk either the start of your career or the only second chance that you might have on the Cleveland Browns. You got to strike while, the, while it's hot. You might not get that opportunity again. Coaches, yeah, yeah, like a lot of a lot of guys were coached before. They got fired. They name got hot again. If you wait, if you cool off, you might not get the opportunity again. That's why. And if you go to Cleveland, maybe they give you the keys to the car. You get to pick your own quarterback. A lot of teams are now let oh you pick. God, you a lot of teams are let you pick your GM. Like let he, the coach he, pick the GM. <laughs> like if he, yo, if Schwartz get the keys to the car. I wouldn't be shocked if he took it. He went to like the, the worst football. Like he, like Detroit. And now he's going to coach for Cleveland. Like I, those are the two teams <laughs> I do I mean, not want to uh, coach. Someone for. took someone took that Miami job a year ago, and it looked like they were losing on purpose. But at least you got palm trees, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got nothing. In, what do you we, got? We Cleveland. Been to Cleveland. We been oh, to Cleveland. Oh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I wouldn't. I would 
Shorty's in Shorty Cleveland. I wouldn't go to Cleveland. Like I wouldn't be like, hey, yo, I'm going to Cleveland this weekend. You throw a couple mil my way, now we talking. Yeah, but you you probably if you stick it out, you're gonna get a couple mil from somebody else. You know, keep building are, that resume. Are you sure? Is another that's team's like gonna me offer graduating again. college and being like, yo, I'm gonna be a manager. At McDonald's. No. You know, like, like, nobody does. <laughs> nobody graduates college and be like, yo, I'm about to rock this Burger King right no, here. I, I hear I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But, like, if someone's offering you this now, there's no guarantee. It's like quarterbacks in college. If they come out now, they might be a top five pick or top ten pick. Yeah. But if they come back next year, they might be the number one pick. How often do we see the quarterback come back? Then it falls apart. I get it. Yep. I get it. Plus, if you're clear, like defensive coaches, I'm not sure that with a Baker Mayfield, again, with all the talent that you have on offense, you want to go with a defensive-minded yeah. coach. I mean, that I'm not worried about Jim Schwartz going anywhere, to, to, to answer your question about that. Gail, are you worried about Jim Schwartz going no. to Cleveland? No. And I, I, I've seen a lot of people like, hey, take him. Just take him. Like, I mean, Jim Schwartz has done, he's done his thing. I mean, in six playoff games, his defense is allowed 17 points per game. Led two top five ranked defenses in four years. I mean, he, he you know, you know, we need some offense around here. I, I'm not going to blame uh, Jim Schwartz. I think he did an admirable job given the circumstances this year. Uh-huh. And you know, if he, I, I'm not rooting for him to leave. If he comes back, I'm, I'm happy about it. Be careful what you wish for, man. Because like, who else you got in mind? What other defensive coordinator do you want out there? What other defensive credit? Like, if you can't name somebody to fill the position, then maybe you should just stick with the guy who's not doing that. You know, he's not great. I mean, what what is not Juan, Jim Johnson in it? Juan Castillo doing, man? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's bring let's bring Juan back uh, to get back to the safeties. I think there's a way to work to, to get both of it done. Rodney McLeod on like a a B tier deal, and maybe Malcolm Jenkins on a front loaded two to three year deal. Which, and how we speak is really a one-year fully guaranteed deal and then pretty much team options for the second or third year. Who else we got? Who else we got down the list? Uh, we got the defensive line. We got uh, Vinny Curry and Timmy Jernigan. Mm. Um, Vinny Curry, I can Vinny, do Vinny's that. going on 32, and we got Jernigan talk to, talk is 28. Oh, uh, we got uh, Vinny Curry's about 32 now, and uh, Jernigan's 28. They're both uh, – I like think Timmy. any of them are back? I think both of them might I, come back. I think Jernigan has showed some, you know, fight coming yeah. back from these injuries, but he's, he's had injuries two years yeah. in a row. I think you move on from him. I think, uh, you know, Vinny, he's a, he's a role player. He, uh, you know, he got five sacks this year in limited limited role. Uh, I think he likes being here. You can get him for, you know, a bargain. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a role I, player. I would, I would flip-flop those two. I would keep Timmy around. He's going to cost you more, though. You really think so? You really think yeah. Timmy's going to cost you more? And then, and then and we look, get what's his name back next year. But, jo- but Malik Jackson. But yeah, I think Malik. I think some of the younger younger defensive ends have kind of proven that they can fill that Vinny Josh Curry Sweat. rotational yeah. situation. You, got, you have Hassan Ridgeway, and then you also mm-hmm. they like uh, yeah. they like Rush as well. Plus, you know they're going to go out in free agents and get another rotational defensive. Ridgeway is another gonna, one on the they're, list. They're, 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 they're going to draft one as well. Yeah. Who else you got? Um, uh, we got. It's the last person on defense. We got uh, we got Hill and Mills. Mills. Camus, Mills. I would like to see back. Uh, Does Mills go to safety? I'll take Meek Mills. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I think if I, I just don't. Uh, Jalen Mills has a certain type of swag that I, I love as a, as a football player, uh, but he is a liability when it comes to burners. Uh, you know, he plays safety. In so. in college, um, but are you moving back there? I don't. I just if he goes I, I to a new team, does he dye the hair that color? Yeah, perhaps can't be the green goblin anymore. No, I, like, I'm I'm saying, does he just go out natural, or does he die? Does he fall back in? You know, that? Jim Schwartz loves him does some Jalen Mills, brown, or does he go orange if he goes, goes to Cleveland? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but, okay, so Darby and Mills are gone. Let's assume that. Who who are your starting corners? <laughs> who are your starting <laughs> corners? Here we go. Said the kid. Yo, I, I I think yeah, you bring Jalen Mills you got back. A good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, but here here here's What's your this, choice? this is the example. Guys watching at home, listening to it on iTunes. This is what bad drafting gets you. Mm-hmm. This type of conversation. Am I am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, I mean what? they they I mean they they missed out on some guys, man. They, I mean, they've they had a draft a, guys yeah. that should have been, mm-hmm. and they missed on picks. They've had a problem drafting cornerbacks for years. 
Uh, name me the, the last cornerback that's been effective here. It's been a long time. You, you want to talk about effective cornerbacks? Uh, Victor Williams, fr- friend of the podcast, found a pretty good stat on a guy that was available during the, the year. Pod, yeah. uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. After that trade, the final eight games of the year, he was thrown at two times. That's, that was my uh, yeah, that was he a good trade. He locked down one entire side of the field. And that's the difference that an elite cornerback makes. Uh, Prime, did the um, Steelers make the playoffs? No, they didn't make the playoffs. Not at all. Quarterback. Did, um, They're did, quarterback. Did, did, um, yeah. did Jalen Ramsey and the Rams? Not at all. Uh, not at all. They're, they're okay, so probably with right. all the we discussion should, that we're having right now. We should go for the worst it, cornerbacks. It, it, yeah, that's it, what we no, should No, do. no, it, no. It's, it's probably do. a good thing that we kept Jaylen those Mills two first-round picks. It's probably a good <laughs> thing <laughs> that we kept those two first-round picks. Because it sounds like just, just talking about the defensive backfield – that we got a, that we got a lot of hey, positions, but the quarterbacks to track. I like yeah. at the end of the they <laughs> you know, they need a fa- foundational piece at the cornerback positions. Like me and you, growing up, you know, you, you got you got Troy Vincent, uh, Bobby Taylor's, you you got like Eric Allen, Eric Allen's, Lito. the Lido Shepherds, Sheldon. Sante. Like those are foundational guys that you grow with. We have not brought pieces like that in, and if you go week in and week out, and the, it's not a good look. You know these safeties, back end safeties have been phenomenal. If we, it's it's got to happen soon. They got to get a cornerback. They have to get a cornerback, and it's a good thing. They Some have people have been talking about a B- Byron Jones from the Cowboys. Ben likes it. I like it. I like it too. I like it. You know he. That's fine. You know you want to toss some money at it. Toss got some, money. some speed you don't, you don't too. Got some speed draft, as well. Draft assets at it. You can toss some money. Got some speed. He got some speed. I'll take him. Let's get well, a couple offensive good. players now. Yeah. All right. This is the easiest one of them all, Mr. Nelson Aguilar. We don't even need to answer that one, man. Dude, I, 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 can't, I cannot wait until I can stop talking about this dude. I'm so sick of him. I mean, I mean even listening to his bumbling explanation. Did you see him, like his exit I media did. interview? I had a nice hat. That was I know. A nice hat. I was like, come on, nice stop hat, rocking yeah. the Kelly Green, bro. That's my stuff. Yeah, it, <laughs> you're, you're ruining the brand, bro. Like about but talking about, yeah. well, you know, yeah, uh, this injury is kind of a tricky injury. I really don't know much about the injury. There's this guy in Pittsburgh about the injury. I got to learn more about the injury. So, why didn't you just go on IR? Well, you don't want to rush. Uh, somebody might come back from it. Like, he didn't even know. It just seemed like he was, he didn't even know about what was going on. And David Zangaro, NBC Sports Philadelphia, he was in the locker room, said he saw his knee. And his knee was swollen. So it's not like he's making it up. But he's like, oh, well, I, you know, listen, you don't want to, why weren't you out there? Well, you, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a tough injury. It's tricky. You don't want to damage it some more. Why didn't you go on IR? Well, you know, I could have played. There would have been some discomfort. Which one is it, Nelson? All right, uh, no, he's gone. I can't, I can't do it. I'm yeah, gonna, Nelson, it's, uh, I can't talk about Nelson. it's the end of the road. One of the writers said that he was walking around collecting all of his players' jerseys in a bag, so he was like, you know. He knows. Yeah. I mean, just think about it. He did a a Brandon Graham the other day. He went and shook all the reporters' hands. That was his exit out. Did he drop any of the jerseys that he received from the players? Did he try? All right. I'm not not, going to put dirt on his grave. (laughs) I'm just saying, uh, thank you for your your play in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, It was amazing. Uh, it just didn't work out here. Sometimes a change of scenery is needed, and that might work for Nelson Aguilar. I, or getting, you know, he needs some sports therapy. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. Who do we got? <laughs> All right, so now, I don't know. We have maybe a quarterback situation. Sudfeld's a, uh, a free agent as well. Mm-hmm. McNown's probably going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Once is once. So we might be getting a new backup quarterback. I don't know. You think they draft one late? I don't oh, know. Oh, God. Oh, here we go. Oh, See? Oh, Joe Flacco? You know, mm-hmm. you just gotta. Oh, I, th- I think you can find another journeyman veteran that's not going to cost you a lot of money. Yeah, that's that can that can that can fill that role. <laughs> it's and magic, that, and hope that. Well, listen, Ryan, I would take a yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick in the damn heart. Always wanted that swag here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't care what you say about would that you, guy or how many teams he's been on, dude. Everybody loves him, and would everybody you, plays hard for him. McCown was on a ton of teams. You take Case Keenum as a backup. Yeah, why not? I know what I'm not doing. I'm not wasting a fifth-round pick on a project quarterback Clayton. and then cutting it. So Clayton Thorson. <laughs> Clayton Thorson. Can you believe that, uh, again, back, why are we having this conversation about aging players, players got with expiring contracts, players with false-ass bum knees? Why are we do- bad drafting? It all goes back. Go ahead. Who we got next? 
Well, we all know how you feel about Jordan Howard. You probably still do. What yeah. about the rest of you guys? I think we've seen enough from Miles Sanders and, you know, Scott to, you know, do we want to, you know, if you can get him back for a deal. Well, I, let me I, put it like this. We have two on this list, Corey Clement and Jordan Howard. Corey's out. Yeah, Corey's, Corey's gone. Out. Corey's gone. Um, at this point, I'm, 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 I'm off the, uh, I'm off the bandwagon. If he comes for, if he comes, if he comes for, if he comes back for a deal, like yeah. why, you're going to pay, you think he's going to make bank out there? But, no, if he does, but if, if you, if you, you can get him back for a deal, then it makes sense. But I've seen enough Miles Sanders to know that the kid's got the juice. He's explosive. You can get another power guy, um, journeyman type, but. You know, are you going to pay Jordan Howard four mil, three mil? You're paying Miles Sanders five mil for the next three years. But here, here I'm, it, I, I need a deal. And, and you're going to get a deal because Jordan Howard's not going out there and making a splash in the free agency market. Not coming off of injury. Yeah. Not, uh, not honestly, not after 26. this season. He's 26. 26 yeah. So he's young. It, it's yeah. not like yo, know, he, he he didn't. Bust his ACL, all right? This is not a JGI situation. He didn't break his back. He's not coming off an ACL. He's coming off of some weird stinger sort of Nerves, situation. maybe. Regardless, key to your success for winning that 2017 Super Bowl was having not only a stable of running backs, but running backs with different capabilities and different strengths that you could use to exploit a defense. Again, my, I can't agree with you more. What Miles Sanders showed at the end of that season, the second half of that season after Howard went down, that kid is going to be something special. Yeah. He's a little bit of uh, Brian Westbrook, and you sprinkle in, you season it, right? Yeah. As you like to say, season it with a little bit of shady. If Boston Scott's going to play that Darren Sproles role, damn it, I'm sign me up. I need another five foot six dude to wave that to carry that flag for me. <laughs> I, I'm, I am all about it. And then if you can have Jordan Howard playing that LeGarrette Blunt role, you know, because what happens if Sanders, Sanders, right, walking boot, sprained and, MCL, and, and yeah, sprained MCL, MCL. Yeah. and that's not going to keep him out of, of OTAs or yeah. mini camps. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. But what if that were to happen midseason? Now it's the Boston Scott show. You're going to lean on that guy. Now he he he's a great change of pace back. He's a great third down back. He's young. He's hungry. But damn, what did they say about Darren Sproles? You can't rely on that dude to tote the ball 20 times a game for a full season. It's just, it's, it doesn't make no damn sense. Mm-hmm. If you can have a stable of three, Jordan Howard, you know me, sign Howard 2020. Let's go. Halavoti Vitae. Did I get that right? I tried. Halapula. Halapuli Vitae. I mean, we lose Peters. No, he's, he's going to get paid. two right tackles he's out gonna the door. He's going to get paid. And if he gets paid, that's a, we'll get a comp pick after that. If he gets a big oh, yeah? contract, don't we? I don't know. You, you demand. So, okay. uh, so who's Dillard's backup? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. We still we still rocking with the Aussie, the Thunder Dill- from Dillard's down under. <laughs> Jordan Melora. Melora. He's back down under. <laughs> okay. Well, since you brought that up, we did bring it up in the show before. Remember the the whispers of him training to be a center. What if Kelsey retires? Who's our center then? Is he? Su- Su- is he Su- Su- Malo. Oh, okay. So yeah. is that what? It, okay. Yeah. I mean, you, we you, talked you, about then you're going to need you a guard. Better, well, then you move Jason Peters to left guard. You cannot, with Carson Wentz, not injury prone, but again, we yeah. saw what happens when offensive linemen get beat, Jason Peters, mm-hmm. when offensive linemen get beat, the quarterback gets hurt, right? We've seen it a couple times for a couple seasons. So if all of a sudden Peters is gone, Kelsey decides to retire, Big V gets, not that Big V's anything great, but he's a backup. All of a sudden, not only are you have question marks along your starting offensive line, but now you got start question marks along. They got to throw either some money or some draft assets. Again, isn't it good to have draft assets? They got they got some picks <laughs> coming. Yeah, I know. In those third what is it projected ten? In those yeah, third, picks, right? third, third, third and fourth rounds, good. they got some picks. Good. They're bound to hit on a couple of them, right? They can't just, be that bad. You think? They're just throwing picks around for Jannard Avery. You know, we didn't even see that, bro. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> who, else, who else we got? What's going we got on here? Last and certainly not least, Mr. Cameron Johnson. He'll probably come back. Cam Johnson. Our punter. Yeah. He did a good a, job. That, that's, a, that's a layup. That's a layup so. right there. Uh, speaking of the future, talking about like, you know, what, what are the future opponents? Because I heard, I, I kind of glanced at it. I didn't take a strong look at it. What's the 2020 schedule looking like, Brian? Our 2020 schedule, our home games... Of course, we have our division, 
Dallas Cowboys, Washington Redskins, New York Giants, and then we have Los Angeles Rams. That's a tough one. That's not a easy. That's not easy. Is uh, yeah. Seattle Seahawks. Oh, these. Yeah. These guys again. I am so almost almost. I'm Ball. so I'm so I am so sick of playing the Seahawks. There's just something about them that we can't beat them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Baltimore Ravens. Oh God. Oh, man. Yes, man. That's a brutal home schedule. <laughs> Jimmy's coming north. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals. All right. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Drew Brees. Drew Brees and the Saints. Paying us a visit. Man, the Aints. So we got the Saints, the Ravens. The Aints. <laughs> Ain't going to the playoffs. The Aints, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, dude, that's a tough home schedule, man. We're gonna need that home field advantage for that one. Next next year could be the start of the Drew Brees decline, though. He's a, he's another year but, older. But next be, what, year, forty two. Next, next year, year, next year the Eagles have receivers, weapons. What are the away What are the away games looking like? The away games we have the Arizona Cardinals. Like it. Like it. Cleveland Browns. Like oh, it. We're going back to see. We're going, we're going back to see. <laughs> shorty, 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 shorty. 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 Yeah, shorty, we're going back. Yeah, we gotta find him. That'll yeah. be the mission. That'll yeah. be a show mission to find Shorty Forty. <laughs> we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. All right. San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Green Bay Packers. Mm. And then, of course, our division games. Yeah, we got to try to make – Trox was talking about making that Lambo yeah. trip. We got to try to make that Lambo trip. Dallas Cowboys, Washington Redskins, and your New York Giants. Giants. By the way, can I, can, I, can I say it? Can I, can I talk about it? Can I say it? As long as you say it with your chest. I don't want to say it with my chest, but I, but I do think the Dallas Cowboys possibly might have made the best decision – they could have possibly made in finding a head coach, and that's Mike McCarthy. Given what's out there, given the options, and given the state of the team, Gail, go. Nah, I just think. I uh, see you look inside. I, ju- I just think Jerry Jones found another victim, and he's just like another puppet. He's like, all right. But I- where? When has McCarthy ever been a puppet to like the Green Bay ownership? Dude, he is outspoken. Dude, he slept at Dude. his house over the weekend. He's like, you want yeah, some, that, you want some popcorn? You know, Sit on my couch. What, what is that? Explain I, that. I don't know. Maybe you need a place to crash. That's weird. He's been out of coaching for it. That's not weird. I mean, maybe. What, was, was McCarthy's success more Michael, him come, or was it Rogers? Come though? to my lair. We're well, going that, well, to that, watch that, some. That's what, that's what he you had, watch the he episode had, of The Friends. He had Rogers. He had Rogers. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. when, when you have an elite all-time quarterback like that, like, it's, it's kind of, you, you kind of look at him with a slanted eye. You know what I mean? A, a, a little bit, but I, I both think the Green Bay Packers did. Mike He's got experience. Dirty by firing him, with, like not letting him finish out the season. I think that was dirty. I also think that Aaron Rodgers, when he digs his heels in and says like, "I don't want to work with this guy anymore," and pouts about it. What the guy that cut out his own family? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, perfect example. Yeah. So, I can see the Aaron Rodgers argument. I'm not saying that he's going to have great success out there in Dallas. I just think given the candidates that were out there, given the options that were out there, given Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and the offensive weapons that they have, hiring Mike McCarthy was the right move for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm just kind of – I don't even want to tip my cap. I just – that's my two cents on it. What, that's my take on it. They did the right thing. What, what is your thoughts, though, on – like Mike McCarthy is not historically a very good uh, – like not very good with the run game and to, to go to a team with like pretty much their main weapon on offense being Zeke Elliott one of the elite running backs in the game like do you think that he's going to be utilized the wrong way do you yeah. think I no, mean I, you got Zeke yeah you got I mean, you got Zeke you he, use Zeke and that's the downfall of Jason Garrett because he forgot to use Zeke when times when it was important to use Zeke and mm-hmm. not only that but Aaron Rodgers never really had up until recently up until the last couple of years with what, what is it Williams you throw you throwing dirt on Eddie Lacy's name right now yeah, Eddie Lacy, yeah. Jamal Williams, yeah. Aaron Jones. Yeah, he had Aaron Rodgers hadn't had a running game up until recently, so that's kind of like you know you you're kind of working with what you're working with. Oh, Ben's got the mic. Fat Lacy. Ben's, Ben's got oh, a take. No, Ben's I, take. I got nothing to say about Fat Lacy. What do you guys <laughs> What do you guys think about the Cowboys trying to fire Jason Garrett, but he kept on showing up to work? Like, <laughs> no, yeah, that, that was that the report. Space scenario, he just, started, bro. just kept on showing up. That was the firing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was like, well, maybe if we just stop paying him and let yeah. his contract, he's going to end up like Milton from Office yeah, Space. Yeah. Excuse <laughs> me, you stole my stapler. That's building on fire. Somebody stole my stapler. Excuse me, I was told I'd move my office uh, down the. Where, where, where's my paycheck? 
Oh, so what like, is hey, it oh, exactly he, he that you do? He just, yo, he just doesn't leave, yo. <laughs> just clapping away. Just, just clapping away. <laughs> Give me. Uh, oh, it works. I need my chewing gum, please. <laughs> I was told there would be chewing gum. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I was hoping that the Giants would take the clapper. Because uh, that would have been a great move for us. Yeah. And the memes. Also, can I say it? Can I just come out and say it? Say it. I think the Redskins did the right thing in hiring Ron Rivera. Oh, 100%. I agree with you on that one. I think that was the best head coaching move that they could have made. Mm-hmm. Now, is he going to find success in Washington with Daniel Snyder, knowing how that guy likes the medal and the and the, G- or the whole thing? No, but you're talking about a guy that brings in instant credibility, okay, that's well-respected around the league, that demands respect from his players. Yeah. His players like him. You never heard a bad word about him coming out of Carolina. Nice team guy. He's a team guy. His players play hard for him. Uh, is that ultimately going to be bring them to success? Got Jack Del Rio too. Yeah, Jack Del Rio. Like, listen, that's a, that's a great. Ta- I think the both the Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys possibly made the best head coaching decisions that they could have made, and the NFC East arguably got better by proxy. I'm I like scared. I like the moves I'll, I'll that. I'm glad Matt Rule didn't go didn't go to the Giants. Yeah. I'm glad. I like I like the moves that Washington made. I think you know you're looking for culture change. I think Rivera can do that. I think Jack Dorio has got a lot of experience. I think as long as Snyder just lets them be, you know, lets them do their thing, um, they'll be okay. But I still I, I like our chances. You're looking at three teams in the NFC East with different head coaches mm-hmm. and staff changes. If we have some stability here and continuity, I'm not saying. We got to bring Grove back, but I think, uh, so, you know, we have a... That was one that was left off the list. You know, we have a, a, a solid base <laughs> coaching staff right now, and I think if you get the right pieces in here, we should be able to control the East. Got it. All right, let's get on to some Twitter. We're 55 minutes in. Let's get into some Twitter questions. Time flies, Spencer, when you're having fun, isn't it? When you're miserable after the season ends and you're talking about it, you know. Yeah, time flies. All right. All right, so uh, Kevin P. Trump wants to know... Bigger surprise, Greg Ward or Boston Scott? Mm. Oh, man. I'd say Greg, Greg Ward because I, I saw the flashes from Boston Scott. I had like posted a lot of some lot of, lot of his runs in preseason. Greg Ward was a guy that, with the situation around him, he, he rose to the occasion. Um, not to say that Scott didn't, but he, 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 show, he showed everyone what, what kind of juice he had. When, when there was no other playmakers to be had. You, you heard really good things about both of them in training camp. Like, really, really good things. Like, on the bubble, guys, but should make the roster. And then they ba- you know they kind of bounced around. I, I just... I, I, I don't know. I'm pleasantly surprised, equally pleasantly surprised yeah. with both of them. And I think they've both earned the chance to be significant contributors next season. You know, I've called Greg Ward our our, our Victor Cruz, mm-hmm. Boston Scott, the next Darren Sproles on this team. I th- I think they're both going to play pretty big roles, and I'm I'm, ha- I'm equally as happy with both of them. I'm just happy they got all this experience. But as a five foot six dude, for somebody to carry that flag, Boston Scott, you do me proud. Proud to be your brother. Proud to be your five foot six brother in arms. Hey, damn, damn right, right. brother. Damn right, Trox. You're damn right. <laughs> What else we got? <laughs> All right, so uh, Bingo is my name Oh, He wants to do stay or go. Uh, instead of with uh, players, he wants to do it with coaches. So we'll quickly go through it. Right. Grow, easy one, right? Out. Put, no him, put him in a bathroom. Uh, put him in a bathroom. Undlin. Uh, I got questions. Bathroom. <laughs> one foot in the bathroom. Uh, Press Taylor. In the bathroom. Bathroom. <laughs> and Walsh. Oh, locked it, flushed down the toilet. Not even in the bathroom. Just swirly, like dunk, swirly, flush the toilet. And finally, the curveball. <laughs> Doctor Arsh Danada, <laughs> the chief medical <laughs> officer <laughs> that was hired last year. You know what? You know, you know, you know, you know what was kind of funny. Um, so I was at work right b- before this, and I, I, I didn't have any chance to do any show prep. So I go to Chickies and Pete's. I roll in the chickens and peas. Now I'm going to get myself a sandwich. Dr. Arsh was there? No, Dr. Arsh was not there. Did you get some calamari? Well, you know who was there? Green Legion Radio mm. and Dave Spadaro was there. And we asked him Spokes. about, you know, like we can't go into 2020 and right away start having the same injury problems that, we, that were, we've been experiencing. Mm-hmm. 
The next man up thing was cute in 2017. It's not fun anymore. It's not fun to constantly be injured, constantly. It's like Club Med Ted. That blue thing is popping up, popping down like the damn circus. Mm-hmm. All right, we're, 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 we're sick of these injuries. And he said, listen, they're exploring everything. They know it's an issue. They're exploring everything from the medical staff to the training equipment they use, to the way that they practice, to the type of equipment that they're using for on, on the field. They, are ex- they realize that it is a problem and they are trying to figure out the solution. It could be just a matter of aging veterans, the way Doug has his practice schedule, not hitting during practice or anything like that, um, the type of training staff that they have getting these guys ready, and just bad luck. Maybe the smoothie ingredients have to be looked at. <laughs> Believe uh, it or not, that's the only thing that was held over from Chip Kelly, is that damn smoothie machine is still there. That too much ice cream. Still there too much ice cream, bro. But they, but they, they know it. They're not going to say out in public, like, look, we know this is an issue. Or then they're not specifically saying that the training staff or the medical staff is an issue. But they know it's a problem. They're trying to figure it out. There's no easy answer. It takes some time. All right. Uh, Chris Go wants to know, the people want to know, where the hell was Jordan Howard? I don't know. I just, I just don't think he was right. I think, uh, you know, if he was right, he they would have gave him a go. I mean, he's the... He's the ground and pound guy. I don't think he could he could pound at that moment. I think Sanders was on fire. Scott was on fire. It was vibing. You didn't think there was any room for him? I I, I can't I can't answer that. I I can't answer that question. He was dressing. He was ready to I mean, go. He got one play of the, in the Giants game. Yeah, I, I I honestly for the life of me I can't figure it out why you wouldn't rotate him in for a couple plays just to change up the pace. I don't know, dude. It's a lost season. Going back to what I said during the open, it's a, it's just it's just a lost season. I I don't have. Do you have the? I don't got the answers. You ain't got the answers, Sway. How Sway? I got a East is enough shirt. How Sway? <laughs> you ain't got the answers. Oh, what else we got? Anything else? Yeah, one more from Total E Kyle. I uh, said, what <laughs> what positives do you take away from this season, or what do you look forward to? I look forward to. Yeah, you want to take this one first? <laughs> uh, I look forward to a healthier team. Uh, I mean, look at how many injuries we've had. It can't, you think it can't be any worse than this year. I mean, you ideally, in theory, it I can't know. be any worse. I think uh, the maturation process of, like, Sanders, um, you know, that, that's exciting. He, he looks like he could be elite. Uh, Carson Wentz with some weapons, this offense. I mean, the offense really has to get – it really needs to we need some juice man like they're, they're one of the reasons why we you know we didn't go as far as we wanted to mm-hmm. a lot of injuries on the offensive side of the ball we just got to get healthy i look forward to to the to the entire puzzle that is problem solving like like so, some people just like and enjoy okay here's the situation here's the problem solve it and i'm looking forward to watching the eagles kind of go through that process during the off season there's no more hiding. I said this during the intro. Gail put it eloquently when he said holes in a boat. You can't keep patching the boat. The boat's got to be put up on the dock. The boat needs a whole new hull. Otherwise, that thing's going to sink all over again. So I look forward to the fact that they know what the issues are on the roster. I'm looking forward to free agency. I think they'll, I think they're really going to be active in free agency. I think they're going to be active via trade. And I'm and I'm excited for the draft. I know they haven't drafted well. Activate tr- uh, draft Gale. Yeah, and I'm uh, looking forward to drafts uh, Gale's draft analysis. I'm gonna put my resume in. <laughs> you, y'all better get it right. Yo, I can hook them sneakers up, <laughs> and I can get them draft picks right. Yo, hire me. I can be the official uh, swag coordinator. I get you he smelled out check. Goddard months in advance. Hashtag Killer yeah. Customs. I just think you know it's it's imperative to hit on these draft picks. Moving forward, like if you want to ball on a budget, the only way you ball on a budget is by hitting on these draft picks. Not just from one to three, you got to hit four to five. But you know when you're having problems drafting in the second round, that's an issue. Uh, you can't be missing on guys. But I, I really think, you know, we want wide receivers, ladies and gentlemen. This is the wide receiver draft class, so they they've got to they've got to get their hands on one. I hear you. All right, before we get on out of here, just a special shout-out to uh, Ben and Spencer, who we've been working with all season here at NBC Sports Philadelphia. Killing it. The plan of attack 
is to go up until the Super Bowl, until further notice. At then, at that point, we have to like uh, talk business and, and and see where the show goes from there. Are we uh, are we coming back on a biweekly basis? Are we continuing this thing through the off season? Are we doing just a draft show, a free agency show? We got some we got some some back office things we got to take care of, square away, and get some answers. But as soon as we know, we will certainly pass along that information to you. Just know, either way, we will certainly be here for the 2020 season. Regardless, we're not giving up on you, just like you never have given up on us. We appreciate all the new listeners who have checked in, all of you watching right now on Facebook and on YouTube, and those people who are clicking subscribe and rating and reviewing on iTunes. Thank you to the sponsors, Concha Hawk and Bakery, for everything they have done for us this uh, tailgate season. Yeah. Thank you to Monster Energy Drinks. Thank you to Bud Light for everything that they have done. And once again, thank you, the listeners, the fans who have come to the tailgate, who listen, who watch on YouTube, who watch on Facebook, who listen on iTunes. Um, the feedback that we get from you guys keep us going. Because I know we can't pan around the cameras. We're in a room. We come in. We throw this out into the internet, and we don't know what happens to it. We talk into these microphones, and it just goes out to the internet, and the internet has its way with it. Yeah. But when we hear that feedback that, like, you know, we, we, we like the content that you've given us from a fan's perspective. You make us feel like we're, we're there. You make us feel like we're part of something. I didn't have a home before 4th and John. Now I have a home to go to, whether it be at tailgates. It makes me feel like I'm back home. We appreciate that yep. type of feedback, and that's what keeps us going. I'm just proud of the environment that we've all created, not just us here in the room, but the fans that who've participated by coming out to the events, the meetups, the tailgates, uh, the road trips, uh, just being a part of this whole experience. Um, at the end of the day, like we've had the time of our lives. We've, we've made memories. We've made really lifelong friendships. Uh, these tailgates, like he said, you get to talk people people face to face make the connection and really hear what they like about the show and and it's it's great that we provide some kind of entertainment also some analysis but at the end of the day like as a diehard eagle fan you get us we get you and that's really what we're about over here i like the way you phrase that the environment the environment that's that we've all created mm -hmm. fourth and john is not e-rock fourth and john is not e-rock and gail fourth and john is not e-rock gail and kevin Fourth and John, yes. it's everybody in this room. It's Trox, it's Prime, it's Ben, it's Spencer. It's everybody who shows up to the tailgate, everybody who tweets into the show, everybody who supports the show, everybody who, when we put out that link, they retweet the show, everybody who hits us up on Instagram. The writers. Everybody who shows video of them watching video of us on Instagram. The people who watch on Facebook. This is a grassroots, fan-based uh -huh. movement. We're glad that you are here with us. And once again, we thank you from the bottom of our heart. We'll be going with you until the Super Bowl. But until next week, let's go birds, and we will see you then here at NBC Sports Philadelphia. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.